are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, today I wanted to talk to us about something that's kind of been rolling around in my heart for a while here. And it's on the subject of prayer. And, uh, you know, I think some of us, and I know I have had, um, kind of a skewed idea about what God requires of us in the area of prayer. I know at one time I just thought, well, God's got it all. You know, I'll go for my little prayer in the morning or whatever and just talk, have some conversation through, with him during the day. But really, God's got it all. And uh, I read something by John Wesley. <clears throat> and this is what it said. John Wesley had, had uh, said this. He said, it seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Now, I don't know if you know who John Wesley was, but he was the leader of the Methodist movement. You know, it is said that John Wesley had prepared 40,000 sermons. 40,000 sermons. Wow. You'd think a man that went before the Father and got 40,000 sermons, that he'd have a bit of an idea of the Father's heart, wouldn't you? So what I'm saying is, if a man like this is to make a statement like this, should we not maybe just at least be open to the idea that it could be true? Is there any truth in the fact that God is hindered in moving in our land in any way, shape, or form? Or do we believe that God just does exactly what he wants to do when he wants to do it? That's a, that's a very uh, sobering question, isn't it? And one that bears doing a little study on. Because if it is true, if it is true that God is hindered from moving on the face of this earth because of your prayer life and my prayer life, wow. That is really something, isn't it? Because there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot at stake here, brothers and sisters. Well, what do you say we go into the Word and just see if this could be true? If, if the Lord is hampered in any way. Genesis 1.26. Let's go right to the beginning because this is important that we see this. And be reminded of it. Now, you understand, I know there's people in here that know this truth. And I know there's people in here that understand exactly what's being said today. But you know what, brothers and sisters? We're not all on the same level. <laughs> we, we, we all aren't, haven't been born again for 40, 50 years or walked with the Lord for 10, 20 years or, you know, heard His voice for many years. Some of us, some of us are just getting started. So we need to give those special graces. And then the second thing is we don't want to sit in our seat in this congregation and think that we know it all about every subject or even all about one subject. Because right away, if we do that, we have put ourselves in a place of not being the, the spirit of a living God, not to be able to move in our midst, in our hearts, and teach us anything. Amen? So there are people in different levels, different growths, Amen? Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over what? All the earth. Over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. So God created man in his own image. Interesting. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male, 
female created it in them, created them. So, it says here that man was given dominion over the earth. That God had placed a certain um, dominion and power in his life. Amen? Because that's what the scripture says here. This is what God had said. Remember? Remember that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4.4. 4. So what the word of God has spoken out of his mouth, he will stand behind. So he stood behind his word saying, man is given dominion over this world. I read a story about, a, just a, a, an, about an event. And this event was about a newspaper columnist that was uh, writing a column during the Vietnamese War. And he said in his column, he said, you know, I'm not a Christian and I don't read the Bible. And he says, I, I, he says, I, I don't even know really if there is a God. He says, well, he says, kind of lean towards the fact that there could be a supreme being. He says, I'm not really atheist, more agnostic. If there is a God, he says, I don't really know about it. But he says, I don't, I don't fall in line with what Christians have to say. He says, because Christians are always saying, you know, God's in control. God's got his hand on everything. He's got it in control. And, he's, and he questioned, he says, if that was the case, God's sure got a mess. I mean, there's children dying. There's bombs going off. And he said to him, he said in this article, if God is in control of everything, he's not doing a very good job. Now, here's an unregenerate man making a statement. Is there any truth in that? Is there any truth in the fact that would we say that God is running wars? Is God running wars? Is God causing abortions? Is, is God doing all that? You see, when we start opening our eyes to some of these things, we begin to wonder, we question, we bring some questions to mind. And we go, what is really happening here? <laughs> you see, here's the fact, according to the word, here's what's going on. You see, the Bible said, the Bible said that God gave man dominion. But here's what happened. If we'll remember what happened. What was the problem? You see, and in essence, God made man, his Adam, basically the small G-O-D of this world. He was the God of this world. Can we agree on that? Oh, yeah. Now, we'll see some contrast here as we go along. Stay with me on this now. I'm not, I hope I'm not losing you already. Because yeah? this does go crossways to religious believing. Religious thinking doesn't look at this at all. This way. The majority does not look at the fact that we have any part to play in any of this. Majority of Christians believe that God will handle it all. Well, we have to know if that's true. Because if it isn't true, we've got to step up. <laughs> If, 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 it's, if it's not true that God's got everything under control, if it's, if, it's, if it's true that there is some part for us to play, well then, what do you say we step up and do what God wants us to do? You see, the reason there's so many, much trouble in this world is that Adam, now if you've, if you've read your Bible and studied your Bible, you'll find out that Adam committed high treason when he let Satan lie to him. Oh yes, he did. He committed high treason. He sold out. And what he did was he transferred that lease that was rightfully Adam's. He transferred that over to Satan. Is that true or is that not? You see, brothers and sisters... If God's will was being done everywhere in the world and God was operating and fulfilling everything he wanted to do, the first thing that would, we'd have to look at is 2 Peter 3 and 9. He, God is not willing that any should perish and that all should come to repentance. That's his will in this earth, that no man would ever go to hell. But I want to I question you something. I want to ask you a question. Is God's will being fulfilled there? Is every person making it into the kingdom of heaven. We know for sure that's not taking place, right? Because the Bible says all men do not have faith. And without faith, you cannot get into the kingdom of heaven. You see, what's, the, the truth of it is, 
is that Satan has pulled one over on us. He's duped, and especially has it duped the church into believing that God is a mighty God and he'll just handle it all, and you guys just sit back on your laurels. Just, oh yeah, you, you, you pray and just, you know, you, you can have a conversation with the Father and, and you, can, you can have a an, an, an relationship with him, sure. But don't think that what transpires on the earth has anything to do with what you're going to do. Amen? Isn't that what the devil's taught us? Isn't that what he's... Isn't that what he's, he's, uh, he's uh, Dubbed us into believing? Oh, for sure, brothers and sisters, because God's will is not being fully carried out on the earth. You see, if, if, if God's will was being done completely on this earth, we'd all be saved. The whole earth would be saved and we go in the millennium tomorrow because that's according to his will. God said, Adam, I give you dominion over all the works of my hands. Genesis 1, and 7. And Psalm 8 and 6 tells us that. Man, you and me, brothers and sisters, have been given dominion. God did not say, I'm going to dominate through you. That's not what God said. He said he was giving his dominion to his man, Adam. But Adam sold it out. He committed high treason, and then Satan became the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, calls, now look it up for yourself, 2 Corinthians 4.4, you can bring it up if you want, Satan is called the god of this world. The god of this world. Now, G-O-D small. You see, Satan has a right down here. <laughs> I can tell some of you the gears are turning around. That's good. You're, you're, you're thinking. You see, Satan, let's go over to, in fact, let's go over to Luke. Chap, let's go to Luke. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. As we go along, we're going to see that this is very important for our lives because, you know what, brothers and sisters, to be truthful with you, there's a lot of times we're praying and we're not getting answers. We're not getting what we need. Why is that? Is God just holding out on us? Is, is he just stubborn? Or could there be a fact that perhaps we need a little more knowledge? That maybe he's given us a way to do it properly and we've just bypassed it a little, just got a little confused a bit. Not, not that we're out and outright, you know, totally out to lunch, but it's the fine-tuning that makes the difference, brothers and sisters. It's the, it, you know, in, in, in my days when I grew up, there was radios that actually you tuned things in. Nowadays, you don't do it, it's all digital. But you know, there was, there was a time when you would tune the radio in to get the channel. You know, it might be a little in the evening, the evening might be a little more stations coming in, you know, in the nighttime, so you'd have to tune your radio in, so your, your station that you want to be clear. Well, you know, same thing with the Lord. He's out there talking, he's out there showing his word, talking about uh, his words out there. People are, you know, the Holy Spirit's downloading and stuff, but sometimes we need to tune in a little closer, just get a little better so that we can get the full amplitude of what he's talking about. Luke, chapter 4. Let's go with 5. And the devil, taking him, talking about Jesus, up onto a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power or authority will I give thee. Talking to Jesus again. And the glory of them, for that is delivered, what? Unto me. Satan said it was delivered unto him. Is that a lie or is that a truth? You just go up there to chapter 4.2. It says, um, being 40 days tempted of the devil... That's Jesus. He was 40 days tempted. There'd be no temptation if there's no truth in it. You see, that power that he's talking about, that authority that Satan was talking about, that was delivered onto him, was delivered onto him by Adam. You see, Adam delivered that onto Satan. Now Satan has a certain right. You see? So now he has a certain right. Okay? Now, 
It says here, and the devil said unto him, all the power I will give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will, I give it. In other words, he has the power, he has the authority to give it over unto some of his own crew. Or whoever he wanted. It could have been Jesus. In other words, he's saying, listen, I've got all this authority. It's been delivered unto me. It's been delivered unto me, actually by your man, by your man Adam. It's been delivered unto me. Now I can, if I wish to, I can deliver some of this over unto you, and you can have the authority. See, that was an actual temptation. Because all, if, you, if you and I could see all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time, and, the, and somebody came to us and said, you know what? I'm going to give you all that if you'll just worship me. Would that be a temptation? It would be a literal temptation, brothers and sisters. Of course, we wouldn't do it because we know we've been in the Word and we understand that we're not going to worship Satan. And Jesus knew that too. But that's not the point. The point is it was still truth and it was still a temptation. Hmm. See, Satan will have that dominion. He will be the God of this world until until Adam's lease runs out. Until his time's up. Now, we, we don't know what that time is. Only God the Father knows that time. But it will run out, and God will be the complete leader of this world. Thank God for that. That will happen. But right now, what does that mean for you and me? You see, brothers and sisters, God cannot legally and justly move in and take the dominion from the devil. He has, the devil has a legal right because of Adam's lease. And God cannot do anything unless somebody down here asks him. How can he adjust God? You see, you say, well, God's sovereign. Of course he's sovereign. But you know what he's sovereign to? He's sovereign to his word. And when he spoke a thing, he will do it. And when he said out of his mouth, Adam, you have dominion over this whole earth, that was settled. Now until you and I go before our father, you see... You see, God's, God's will is not being lived out in, uh, down here on this earth except for those who are surrendered to him like you and me. That's how the will of God is moving in this earth is through his church. Hallelujah. Now we begin to see something here. We begin to see down all these, all, uh, there is a certain responsibility upon his church. That's why Jesus said, I am the head and you are the body. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Hallelujah. It's got to come through you. You and I have got to be, we are, his, we are his outreaching force in this world. And that includes it in the area of prayer. And when it, when it comes to, when we, need, when we see problems in this earth, what we need to do is we need to go to our Father and begin to lift that situation up before our God. And now, because of a kingdom child who has been given dominion over Satan, has the right to go before God and make a, com- uh, make a request to God because we have the right to. And now God can move because of that request on our behalf in this earth and bring about a change. But if you and I don't do anything, if we just sit down on it all and just think that God is going to get it all done in his time, well then, what happens? God is saying, oh my church, wake up, come on. Ask me, ask me. See, God keeps his word, brothers and sisters. He's sovereign, he's true, he's true to his word. And he will not go crosswise of that word. Not even, not even because babies are being taken. Not even because bombs are being dropped. Not even because jets fly into two towers and kill thousands. See, that wasn't God's will. That wasn't God. I mean, there's people that might think, the world might think, well, that's just God judging us. He just let them fly right into that thing and just, you know. Well, there could be a bit of a judgment on there, but that's not God that's putting that together. That's not God putting that together. You see, what happened was Satan managed to get one over on the body of Christ. That's exactly what happened. Hmm. Opens up a whole new avenue too, doesn't it? 
So then if a God who created the heavens and the earth is going to ask of you and I that we go before him, do you think he might have given us some equipment? Do you think he might have given us some authority? Do you think that we might have some power? Power that we haven't even tapped into yet? Power that we haven't realized yet? Hmm? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking so. Mm-hmm. So with all that in mind, brothers and sisters, what do you say we just take a look at a few things what Jesus said about prayer that are pertinent to us? They're right down to where we live. Because after all, that's, that's what we're interested in, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we'll, start, we'll, just, we'll just start in, in Matthew. We'll just do, walk through, through the, the Gospels a bit. Amen? Glory to God. We've got some time. We're okay, right? Hallelujah. Well, let's just go with Matthew 5 and 44, and let's just see what Jesus said here. Well, let's, let's start with 43. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. And bless them that curse you, and do good for them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow, based on what we've just learned, that our Father is asking us to pray for people who are mean to us. Because He's got a plan for them, too. He'd like to see them set free. But He's asking you and I to go before Him on their behalf and pray for them. What, pray the judgment of God will come on them? No, pray the blessings of God would come on them. Pray the blessings of God would come on them. Amen? Glory to God. If we found nothing else in the Bible to pray for, we could pray for this. If you didn't know, from this, at this point, if you hadn't known who to pray for or what to pray for, you could start by praying for this, right here. Those that are despitefully using you, being mean to you, those that bug you, pray for them. And you know what happens also, brothers and sisters? You know, it, it, it's going to do them good. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, here's a freedom for you and me. This is going to bring a freedom to your life and my life when we will humble ourselves and pray and ask our Father to bless those that persecute us. It is a spiritual force that begins to work in our lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's a principle. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go on down. In 6, he says, And when thou pray, talking to us, the church, okay, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. It's not just the church. I shouldn't say just the church because this, this, the, the gospels are written to the world and, of course, and to the Jews. Amen. When thou prayest, thou shalt be not as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the street that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Here's another thing, brothers and sisters, when we're praying and we're asking the Lord for things, we want to make sure whatever we're doing, whether we're praying, whether we're up here singing, whether we're up here preaching the word, that we're not doing it to be seen of men. That is a, that, this, is a, this is a very slippery slope. We want to make sure that we're doing it because we love the Lord and we're doing it for his kingdom and for his church. Amen. Not to be seen of men. Because the Bible says, if we do all this that the Lord's working on us for, if we'll do it all because we want to be seen of men, we've lost our reward. And you know, he goes right on down and he says the same thing. If you keep on going down, he'll talk about fasting. He's talking about that too. He says, you know what? When you, when you fast, don't be a hypocrite. Don't, don't, you know, don't bother you know, leaving your hair all over the place and wearing old clothes and dirt and grease all over you and everything and, and pretend and look, look like you're fasting. No, no, clean yourself up. Don't, don't appear to men to fast because if you do that for that sake, then you've got your reward there. You've lost your reward. The Bible says, pray fast in secret that the Lord can reward you openly. So we have to do these things with the right intentions. And you're not fooling God. 
we'll never fool our father. He knows when you're doing it for what reason. Amen? So let's make sure we watch ourselves. We do it for the specific reason we're to be doing it for. To bless the kingdom of God, to bless our heavenly father, and to do the things that he's called us to do, that there be blessings in this earth. Not just for us, but for others. Glory to God. Amen? Okay, well, we're just moving along here. Let's praise God. <clears throat> well, let's go over to... Um, let's go... Oh, we just... Right here in Matthew uh, 6 here. Let's just... Well, this is kind of interesting too. 6.10, Thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen? Now, here's an interesting thing about this. This, this is, a, this is a, 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 don't get me wrong, this is a good piece of scripture. We can learn some things from it. There's some, there's some wonderful truths in here. But brothers and sisters, this is not the church at prayer. This kind of shocked me when I learned about this. This is not the church at prayer. You know why it's not the church at prayer? The name of Jesus is not involved at all. The name of Jesus is not in this prayer. So that's not the New Testament church at prayer. You don't believe me, do you? Well, and I'm going to take you on over and show you something. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you asked all this. Praise the Lord. Let's go over to John, the 16th chapter of John, because this is important. We're talking about the fundamentals of praying. We're talking about getting the answers that we need from our Father. Amen? Look at this. John 16 and 23. Here's what, here's what our, our Lord said. And in that day, what day? Well, that day, of course, is the day that our Lord Jesus is crucified, dies, and then he rose again from the, from the grave, rose from the dead. In that day, that's the he's talking about here now. Okay, he says, in that day, <clears throat> you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father, what, let's, let's underline this, in my name, he will give you, hitherto, or up to this point, up to this point, you have asked Nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive. Is Jesus lying here? I believe this is the truth, don't you? Receive, and ye shall receive. That your joy may be full. Glory to God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Don't forget, our joy will be fulfilled. Well, joy will be full when we go to our Lord and ask Him in His name, our Father, we go to our Father and we ask the Lord Jesus, ask the Father in Jesus' name, that is something that we receive. It says right here, and in that day, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. So we can clearly see this is not the church of prayer, is it? You see, brothers and sisters, we need to make sure that we go to the Father in Jesus' name. The power is in that name. The power of getting results is in the name of Jesus. It's in nothing else. You'll be praying amiss if you're praying in any other fashion than in the name of Jesus. You will not get results if you do not pray in the name of Jesus. Am I got some uh, witness here? Huh? You will not get results without the name of Jesus. We're looking to give success in our prayer life, aren't we? Well, that's the very first basic step, brothers and sisters. We make sure that we pray to our Father in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, let's go on a little farther now. Or I should say go back. We've got to go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 9. This is good too. Praise the Lord. This is good because this is going to answer some questions for us. Let's stay with it because there's, there, there's some things we've been wanting and we just, maybe we just haven't gone about them the right way. Matthew chapter 9 and 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues 
and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Is that the case today? That the harvest is huge. You know, if the harvest was huge back then, can you imagine how huge the harvest is today? There's more people living now than there was, you know, right now than there was all those, in all those years. We've got what? How many billions of people are on the face of the earth now? Seven billion people on the face of the earth. Do you think the harvest is greater today? Okay, what did our Lord instruct us to do that there might be a harvesting um, you know, that there might be a har harvesting might happen in this world. When we're talking about harvesting, he's talking about harvesting people. He's not talking about harvesting grain. He's not talking about wheat. He's talking about the people that are on the face of this earth. Here's what he said. Here's instruction to the church. Here's instruction to you and me. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Who's the Lord of the harvest? Well, the Lord of the harvest is our Father. You see where all this starts to fit into play now? We're to ask God, our Father, to send laborers into the harvest that people would be saved. You see, if God was in full control of everything, he'd just march right in there. He's well able, well capable. He's got all the power. He can march right in. He, if he wanted today, he could cause everybody on the face of the earth to be saved and all go home to heaven. But that's not his plan. That's not the way it works. You see, it's your and my responsibility that we go before the, the Lord of the harvest and ask him and pray that he would send laborers into the field. Now, why doesn't he just send them? You know why? Because, don't forget, we just talked about how, the, the, how that Satan has a, little, has a right here. You just, he just can't go in crossways harvesting people when Satan has dominion when satan has he's the he's the god of this world but when you and i we can bypass that whole mess go right to the father and make a request known to him and because our request is stronger and greater than the than the god small god of this world's dominion god can now work our father can now work on our behalf because we've asked him to and this, brothers and sisters, is true for families, your family members. Because you know what? You don't do really well witnessing to your kinfolk. You'd do better to pray the Lord of the harvest to send somebody across their path. You'll find that quite often. Sometimes you're just better off to shut your mouth and pray instead of trying to, trying to preach to, preach to your, your, your kinfolk. Because they don't want to hear from you. After all, if they did that, then... You would know more than them, and they don't like doing that. They don't like, they don't like the fact that you might know more than them. Hmm? So you're better off just to be quiet. Do what the Bible says here. Pray the Lord of the harvest, <clears throat> excuse me, would send somebody, somebody, a godly person, somebody with wisdom, somebody with knowledge and understanding, somebody, there's somebody out there that can share with that party, and the truth of God can come home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's true for families. That's true for groups of people. That's true for cities. That's true for nations. How are we going to touch the nations? Well, we're going to touch the nations, brothers and sisters, by praying the Lord of the harvest to send laborers, ones that he has, specific ones that, have a, that know they have, that's part of their culture, they know what to do, they know how to minister, and that they go out and they minister to those people in that nation, and those people get saved and turned on to the things of God. You see the kind of power we have? Because um, do you believe that when you pray, God hears you? We do believe that, do we? Do we not? Amen. Okay, well, as we go on, this is going to be important. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Let's go over to Matthew 18. We're just kind of walking along through here. But I'm trusting that we're going to pick something up here and we're going to, when we depart from this place, we'll go home and chew on this 
and, 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 and start letting the Holy Spirit begin to minister to us in these areas. Amen? You see, we want to, we want, we want to see success. We want to see people saved in Coal Lake. And God's asked us right today that we'd pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the city. That's according to his word. Jesus said it right here. Pray the Lord of the harvest. That's a, that's a, that's a request from our, uh, our Lord to ask our Father to do just that. Hallelujah. Because after all, it's God's will that none should perish. So we know we're praying right in line with the word of God. We're not praying amiss. Amen. Look at this. Let's go over. This is a favorite of mine too. Hallelujah. Matthew 18, 19. I, I say, uh, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth, that's two of us, brothers and sisters. If two of you shall agree on earth, what are we agreeing about? Stock market? Price of oil? Huh? No, 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 no. What we're in agreement with is we're in agreement with the Word of God. We've understood the promises of God. We understood that they're, <clears throat> excuse me, they're for us. We understand that those promises are yes and amen. And we understand that when we agree on those promises together, let's go on. Look at this. Verily I say unto you, or again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Is that the truth? Have we ever agreed and it didn't happen? Sure we have. What went on? Was God a liar? Or did we get out of agreement? Do you know something? Let me tell you something here about this. Now catch this, brothers and sisters, because this is really important. This is really important. P.C. Nelson, who was a man who was a Baptist theologian, he got run over by a streetcar, and he got divinely healed by God and preached divine healing from that day forth. You know what he said? He said that more people, more people lose their healing by counterattacks than any one other thing. Well, if that's the one other thing that gets us to lose our healing, we need to pay attention. We need to, we need to open our eyes. You see, brothers and sisters, you and I can get in agreement, and we can be in agreement according to the Word of God, but what happens? What happens when one day, two days, three days later, the symptoms haven't gone, and the devil comes and sits on your shoulder and tells you, I thought you said you were healed. I don't think you are. You didn't get anything, did you? Now, we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity here. We can do, we can do a couple different things. We can agree with Satan and say, you know what? We didn't get a thing. Yes, you're right. I'm, I wish I was healed, but I'm not. Which is a lie. If you were believing and in agreement and understanding the scriptures and standing on that, if you just had a bunch of head knowledge, you could be in problems, yes. But if you've got, if you got the word of God in your heart and you've agreed with somebody and they've got the word of God in their heart and when that counterattack, that, that temptation comes, you deal with it just like Jesus did. You say, uh-uh, no, no, me and brother so-and-so agreed, me and sister so-and-so agreed, I've got my healing. You take a hike, Satan, in Jesus' name. You understand that? Now, how many times have you and I been in this situation and lost? I'll guarantee everybody in this room who's prayed for divine healing and has walked more than 30 paces afterwards has probably got that same temptation to give up and say, I didn't get it. But we've got to stick with it. You see, Smith Wigglesworth said something that's pretty interesting. He said, you know, there's people, Christians, when they pray, and if it doesn't happen overnight, or, you know, in other words, what he's saying is, if it doesn't happen right away, they get all discouraged, and they begin to, they put down, let down their guard, and they say, I didn't get it. But Smickles, Wiggles, like Wigglesworth said, you know, there's a time, there's times when God will just let you to be tested. He'll let you just to, just to see, just to, just to let you go right on to the end, and keep believing Him and trusting Him. And you know what? If you will, you'll get it. There's times that He'll allow you just to be tested. He'll allow it just to be carried out. But if we'll stand on the Word of God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've got it. It's ours. Agreement is important. Oh, yes. Let's make sure 
Let's make sure, brothers and sisters, that when we pray, whether we're coming forward for prayer or whether we're agreeing together, that when we pray, we believe what God has done in our life and we stand on it. Do you know what's not in good taste? It's not in good taste, brothers and sisters, for us, when we have prayed together or when we have prayed and asked the Lord for something, that we come back and continually ask God for the same thing? Do you know what that is? Actually, what that is saying is, you know, I don't believe God really heard me the first time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask him again. And, oh, I, I guess he didn't hear me the second time, so I'm going to ask him the third time. You know what that is, brothers and sisters? That is actually a confession of unbelief. That's what that really is. And the, do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said that you, with, it, it, you know, the disciples had asked him, why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we do that? And Jesus said, it's because of your unbelief. You see, we can run out of this place today, and we can have truth in our heart, but when the devil comes to steal it, if we'll let him, he'll take it, and we will lose our blessing. We need to stand strong. Look, at, let's, let's, let's go on here. Mark. Mark 11. Here's another scripture that is very important to us, brothers and sisters. Mark 11, 24. Listen to what the Word of God has to say here. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Now that would include healing, wouldn't it? Because if it didn't, he'd say, whatsoever things you desire except for healing. Whatsoever things you desire except for the prosperity. What things soever you desire except for family salvation. No, no. This is whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them. And you shall have them. Jesus a liar? Mm -mm. Where's our problem? Because there's what, some of us haven't gotten it. We haven't been getting it. Well, what's going on? No, no. What ended up happening was the enemy was able to get in there and discourage us. He was able to get in there and convince us that we didn't really get something. He, 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 he was able to come in there, deceive us, and to turn the situation around to where it looked like we were losing, when actually we were winning. We just needed to stand on the truth of God and stand against the enemy. Utilizing the voice that God has given you to speak to your circumstances and your situations and see victories coming through the name of Jesus and the, and the word of the living God spoken over your situation. This is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. Hallelujah. Let's go over to Luke 11, 5, because this is good too. This we have to see. We have to see this, brothers and sisters, because we've been living this. I know every one of us here have gone through this because I know you want to pray. I know you're praying. I know, <clears throat> I know you're asking God for things. Is there anybody in here that has never prayed and asked the Lord for something? Not a hand. Doesn't surprise me a bit. Look at this. Luke 11 and 5. This is Jesus saying, And I said unto them, Which of you having a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him his, because he is his friend, 
Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Importunity. If you were to check out the word importunity, what it actually means is it means that you're coming to the place of continual asking until the place of annoyance. But I want to bring something to you here. I want to show you something. I know there's lots of people who have said, well, this, you know, they'll, they'll get in on this scripture and they'll say, well, that's it. We've got to continue to ask God. Just continue begging God. Keep coming before him. Keep coming before him. Keep coming before him. And eventually, he's going to wear down. Well, that's the mentality when you read that scripture, if you, if you, you can read into it. But you know what, brothers and sisters, here. Here's something. It is not the importunity of unbelief, but the importunity of faith that is causing the hand of God to move. The importunity of faith. That means that when you pray, believe you receive, and if it doesn't seem like it's coming, what do you do? You press in with thanking the Father and saying, Lord, I'm standing on your word. I believe your word. I know what you've said over me. I'm standing on your word, and I just want to thank you right now that I'm healed in Jesus' name. That's where I'm at. Hallelujah. And I just resist the enemy and say, he will not get victory in my life. You keep like that. You keep doing that. You keep standing on the scriptures. You keep standing strong. You're going to have your healing. Hallelujah. Because you've believed. You've prayed and you believe you receive. Hallelujah. And you shall have them. Hallelujah. Let's read that once more in Mark because that's a good one. Based on this in mind now, based on this in mind. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When are you going to have them? When you believe you receive them. When do you believe you receive them? When you pray, you believe. When you prayed and believed you received them. And you shall have them. It's in the future. You don't see it fully in. You don't see it fully in your, in, you know, it's not totally manifested, but the Bible's telling you that if you'll stand with it, believe you receive it, you'll have them. You'll have them. But don't get in the importunity of unbelief and go going back and continue asking Father and asking Him saying, I, I, I just don't, I'm not getting something. I don't know. I don't get it. You see, that, that nullifies the word of the living God in your life. You nullify your healing by believing your feeling. Good one, eh? You nullify your healing by believing your feeling. Brothers and sisters, we can't go by feelings. Oh, yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. You cannot go by your feelings. Your feelings will let you down. You may feel like you're just, your body may feel horrible. But that... Is, does not have a bearing on the scriptures that have been spoken to you. The promises that have been given to you and I. You see where the devil wants to mess us up here? Oh yeah. Praise the Lord. Well in closing, I want us to go to one more scripture here. Because this is a good scripture. 1 John. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5. Hmm. Praise you Lord. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Glory to God. What's His will, brothers and sisters? You see, here's the thing. You cannot begin to operate in faith without knowing what the will of God is. You have to be in the Word. Because if you're in the Word, you'll begin to understand what God's will is concerning you in all these areas, in healing. I mean, you might not know the will of God per se from the Scriptures if you should marry Sam or Billy. That's a little different. You're going to have to go to the Father and spend some time with Him and get some of His will on that subject. But I'm talking about things in reference to what we're, the, the will of God in reference to our healing in reference to, to God, to, to, to the, the, the things we've been talking about, about prayer here today, amen? There's certain things in His will that are black and white. 
It's his will that we go to the Father and ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. He has instructed us to do that. That's his will. Okay, let's go on now then. So base that in mind, okay? And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if you're praying in accordance to his will, we know he hears us. That's a, that's a promise right from the scriptures. That's black and white. Can't mess that up at all. Okay? Now, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, oh yeah, what does it say? We know, brothers and sisters, that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. That we've desired of him. Talk about a scripture to give us strength from within. If we're praying in accordance to God's will, he hears us. And not only does he hear us, but because he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. It's ours. Well, then let's stand on it and run with it. Glory to God. Let's, let's, not, let's not let Satan come along and steal it from us. And lose what's rightfully ours? Praise God, that's good news, brothers and sisters. It takes us out of the realm of, I don't know, to the realm of, yes, Lord, amen. Huh? Yes, Lord, amen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we begin to operate in these scriptures. You know what? We get up in the morning, the devil gets scared of you. Oh, yeah. We'll be a force to reckon with. All of us, corporately, the body of Christ, operating in these principles. Glory to God, the town doesn't stand a chance. If we can just get in it together, if we can just begin to believe God, if we can just do what the Word of God has told us to do, we're going to see good results, aren't we? Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's not give Satan an opportunity. Let's not be, let's not be ignorant of his devices to try to bring discouragement to us and, and tell us that we really don't have it. We don't really have what we've been praying for. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We just need to get victory. Stay with it. Amen? Let's get in faith. Amen? Let's get in faith. Let's trust Him and believe Him. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you stand with me? We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.